You are Locked On Texans, your daily Houston Texans podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm your host, Robert Land, and welcome to the best daily source of Texans news, views, and interviews. Today's show brought to you by MyBookie. More on that later, but this show, you're just going to have to leave all your worries and cares at the door because it's our weekly TGIF Texans trivia show. You're thinking, oh, I don't know if I like trivia, but it's history if you like the NFL, if you like history, if you like fun, this is the place to be. If you're new to our format, Here's how we do it. Asking questions are Alex Trebek, our NFL historian, Andy Rio, and I'll be trying to outwit veteran Houston statistician Adam Pena. Adam works local and national sports television broadcast. He's that guy who tries to make your favorite broadcaster look on top of his game, feeding him all sorts of interesting information. We call this Texans trivia, but sometimes we mix in maybe some Oilers or Gamblers trivia, anything Houston pro football related, plus you'll get some trivia from Sunday's opponent, in this case, the Jacksonville Jaguars. Before we get rolling, Andy, what's the score? Well, right now you need a a touchdown, an extra point, another touchdown, and a two-point conversion because Adam is ahead 38-23. to Not a lot of hope there, Uh, sort of like the Texans. I feel like I'm in the same position, but uh, (laughs) all right, uh, let's, let's see what you got to start off with. What's question number one? All right, well, I thought we would go with a uh, kind of a special twist this week with the Texans trivia. All of the questions will be relating to the Texans coaching staff. And the first question is this. How many members of the Texans coaching staff have played in the Super Bowl? Is it A, 3, B, 4, C, 5, or D, 6? Played in the Super Bowl, not played and coached, you're saying? Just played. Well, let's run through this list, Adam. We can do this, I think. We got this year is uh, the new new member of the coaching staff is a former New England Patriots wide receiver. Do you know who I'm talking about? Not offhand, no. I, I, I do know, obviously, uh, Mike Vrabel. Wes Welker. Forgot Wes Welker. Okay, so there's two. I'm running, a bl- I'm running blanks after that. I'm trying to go through some of the assistant coaches that I've seen around, and I can't remember who actually would have played in a Super Bowl. Because of that, I'm, I guess I'll just take the low end. You said four was a pick there for us, Andy? Four, four guys? Three, four, five, or six. I'll do four. Just to be different, I'm going to go five because I'm in like I'm trying to think of the others, but I can't right now. I'm drawing a blank, so I'll go with five. And five is right. It is Doug Coleman, who played with Tennessee in the Super Bowl, Mike Devlin, who played with Buffalo, Larry Izzo with New England, Mike Rabel, of course, New England, and Wes Welker played in the Super Bowl with both New England and Denver. Yeah, I don't have the coaching staff in front of me, but I do know that Welker, I'm in, well, of course, Welker, but, uh, Larry Izzo, but the others, I, I would have never guessed the teams that they, they played for. So that's a, that one stumped us, but uh, I, there's sometimes just luck involved, and that was luck right there. That's got to be on the high end, I would think, of, of, of uh, teams around the NFL, Andy. I can't imagine there's a bunch of teams uh, that have more uh, Super Bowl-winning uh, coaches than that. I mean, Devlin's a guy that I, I didn't even know about that. So that's interesting. I mean, you know, there's sometimes you forget, you know, some of these guys that are on the staff and what all they've done before that. I mean, the, the, the Patriots guys were easy to pick, but the other ones are kind of difficult. 
What about uh, the second question? What do we got for number two? All right. Well, when Bill O'Brien began his coaching career at Brown, what position did he coach? Is it A, inside linebackers, B, tight ends, C, running backs, or D, quarterbacks? Well, he was a quarterback coach with the Patriots, but that just seems like the layup, doesn't it, Adam? That's, that's where he might be trying to throw us off the trail. No, I think I may know this one. Uh, I'm going to go with uh, tight ends on my answer right there. Yeah, since since Andy Reid was a tight ends coach uh, and, and, and he ends up being a NFL head coach, he was tight ends coach uh, with the Missouri Tigers. I, I'm going to say that Bill O'Brien might have been a tight ends coach too. He kind of looks more like a tight ends coach than a quarterback coach anyway. Well, you guys both got it right. Indeed, it was tight ends at Brown. I believe it was in in the early uh, 90s is when he did it. So I'm trying to remember if it was 94 or 93. but uh, It was uh, 93. Yeah, I remember um, him. It was a good tight – he was a good tight ends coach from from what I've been told. So, But uh, I just kind of remembered that little bit of information. You didn't ask us uh, what tight ends did he coach, uh, Andy? Did you – you didn't bother with that? I mean, we could have got it. Me and Adam were ready for that one. (laughs) <laughs> not a brown not a brown no <laughs> all right what's the third question offensive assistant pat o'hara has appeared in several movies which movie did o'hara not appear in is it a the water boy b the game plan c any given sunday or d remember the titans Wow, I didn't know this. Did, did, did were you aware, Adam, that we had a movie star in the the Texans' assistant coaches? I had no idea. Well, no, no, I, uh, he's stumping us again. So you want to take a random shot in the dark on this one, and uh, we'll see if we can come up with the right answer on either one of our guesses. First of all, I don't even know what the game plan is. I'm going to say he was in the Water Boy because I bet everybody was in the Water Boy. So I don't know what the game plan is. So maybe he was in that one because I didn't see it. But I, I, for some reason, the outlier feels like Remember the Titans, but it's just a guess. All it is is a guess, Adam. I'm going to go with Remember the Titans. Now, this is the one where he was not, you said, Andy, the one that he was not in? Yes, that's right. Okay, the one he was not in. You said Remember the Titans, Robert? Yes. So I'll go with uh, Waterboy is my answer. Well, this one's actually going to go to Robert. It is Remember the Titans. I just figured because he's a Texan coach that he probably wasn't in the one movie that was considered the one that was really good. <laughs> just see, like the <laughs> Remember the Titans was the one that I thought, oh, that was a really good movie. So the Texan, the, he was involved with the Texans, so he probably wasn't in that one. Yeah, he's done uh, consulting work, uh, including uh, choreographing and coordinating football action scenes. I mean, some of his other credits include The Longest Yard, Invincible, and We Are Marshall. Wow. Wow. I, I did not know any of that. Did you see all those movies, Adam? Have you seen those? Just Waterboy and Remember the Titans. Outside of that, no, I don't believe I have. And I really don't watch much movies. I watch, you know, one, maybe one or two a year. But no, yeah, I tried to uh, recall some. But the, that one right there, that was a very good uh, question that Andy came up with. Well, hey, before we get to the next question, guys, it's that time of year where you could probably use some holiday cash. You need it, and I know where to get it. My bookie is the place to score serious cash on your sports predictions. Believe it or not, the holidays are here, and while that means plenty of parties, gifts, 
and spending. It also means tons of football, basketball, and hockey games you can score big on every day. Man up and play like the pros on game day. You can play the money line, side, or total. My bookie is your hookup for all your betting needs. It offers super fast payouts when you win. Where you bet, it's just as important as who you're betting on. And if you want to make money betting on the games, you got to go to mybookie.ag. They're the only site I'd recommend. You don't have to take my word for it, though. Check them out for yourself. They have odds on every matchup and a mobile site that makes wagering on your smartphone a breeze. Join now, and MyBookie will match your deposit with up to a 50% bonus. Use promo code Locked On to activate the offer. That's Locked On, as in you're listening to the Locked On Network. Visit mybookie.ag today. You play, you win, you get paid. Andy, it looks like I'm uh, making up a little bit of ground on this one, so I think that means we're up to question number four, right? Yes, and it's time to shift our focus to some Jacksonville Jaguars trivia. Okay, when Jacksonville played their first game as a franchise, who was their starting quarterback? Is it A, Steve Berline, B, Mark Brunel, C, former Oiler adversary Frank Reich, or D, Rob Johnson? Wow. Uh, Let me see. I want to say it was uh, Berline, Brunel was the one when they almost made the Super Bowl, but I don't know if he was the first quarterback. You're saying the first one that got them to the playoffs. The first one that when they took their first snap as a franchise, this guy was the starting quarterback. Okay, the first one as a franchise. So, yeah, yeah, for some reason, I'm I'm thinking it's either Burline or Rob Johnson. I'm, I'm going back and forth on those two guys. Uh, Rob Johnson, I remember him playing with the Bills. Did he go to the Jags as a, you know, when they started the franchise? I'm, I'm going to say Burline. I just, I, I don't know. It could be Rob Johnson, though, but I'm going to say Burline. I'm sure I'll pick the wrong one. What do you got, Adam? I was gearing towards you uh, because I believe he was the first pick taken in the 95 expansion draft by the Jags. So I'll go with you and Steve Berline is my answer as well. I, I can't differ with that because that sounds logical. And Berline is the correct answer. Oh, I'm on a roll. That's like, is that three out of four today? You're doing good. Yes. Three out of four. Well, ironically, I've got three out of four as well. So you're not making any ground. I'm still trying to maintain my pace. Yeah. Just throw, throw wet, wet water all over my party here. Hey, hey, let me ask you this, Andy. Rob Johnson, he did play for the Jags, right? Though he was a quarterback at one point for them. Yeah. He was actually part of the uh, first season roster for the Jaguars in 95. In 97, he filled in for an injured Brunel and had a great game, and that led uh, Buffalo to uh, make a deal for him. He was going to, of course, be the long-term starting quarterback in Buffalo, but then Doug Flutie got in the way. Right, and, and Rob Johnson and Doug Flutie, were they, they were both the quarterbacks on that uh, team that lost in the Music City Miracle, right? Yes. In fact, it was kind of a controversial decision because Johnson, uh, after Flutie had started uh, almost all of the season, Johnson got the call for the playoff game. And of course, had Buffalo in position to win the game, they had just kicked the go-ahead field goal before the Music City Miracle happened. And that, of course, is the last Buffalo team that has ever made the playoffs, although they still have a shot this year. Under head coach Wade Phillips, former Texan coach. 
Yeah, and also Jacksonville, another thing to throw out, out there was, you know, they, they end up playing the Titans that season. The Titans go to the Super Bowl. That all happened. It, 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 maybe the Titans don't go to the Super Bowl if Buffalo wins that game. Then it's Buffalo against uh, Jacksonville. Who knows what happens there? But, yeah, the Titans ended up playing Jacksonville, who, the, you know, obviously the Texans are going to be playing this Sunday. Yeah, I believe if Buffalo had won that game – I believe Buffalo actually would have played Indianapolis in the playoffs instead of the Titans because Miami was the low seed that year and they would have beaten Seattle and that so they would have played Jacksonville regardless because Jacksonville had the best record in the conference uh, among the division winners but Indianapolis had the second seed so yeah it actually would have been Buffalo playing Indianapolis and Jacksonville still would have played Miami but who knows how that would have gone? I mean, that was uh, Peyton Manning's first trip to the playoffs with the Colts. They were still very young, so it's quite possible the Bills would have gotten past them. That was the year I, I actually was at the, the Titans-Jaguars AFC Championship game that year. Uh, if that didn't happen, then I don't go to the AFC Championship game. The, t- the Titans may not have gone on to the Super Bowl. I don't go to the Super Bowl. I got to go to do that. So that was a, a really cool deal. That was a lot of fun. But the the Jags, boy, they came out of the shoot fast. Both them and and Carolina under another former Texans coach, Dom Capers. Both of those expansion franchises came out fast. Wasn't Carolina in the NFC Championship game their first year, second year, something like that? Second year, both teams were in their respective conference championship games. Yeah, that that's pretty amazing when you think about it, especially when you look at somebody like, oh, let's just let's pick a random franchise, the Browns, <laughs> when they, with their with their new the new Browns with their expansion. It's, they're still an expansion team now. Yeah, exactly, exactly, exactly. <laughs> so we got we got one more, right? One more question. Couple more, actually. Okay, cool. Let's do it. All right, so what Jacksonville running back has scored the most touchdowns in a single game in Jaguars history? Is it A, Maurice Jones-Drew, B, Natron Means, C, James Stewart, or D, Fred Taylor? Say, Say the question one more time. What Jacksonville running back has scored the most touchdowns in a single game in Jaguars history? This one, it, it feels like, it, you know, Maurice Jones, Drew, and Taylor, they're, they're the most prolific, I think, of, of the Jacksonville running backs, Adam. But this could be one of those deals where Natron means he was one of those big backs that you would stick in at the goal line. So I'm wondering if he might have done it. Uh, just to be a little different, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go with Natron means. I feel like I'm really going out on a limb here, though. But I'll, I'll give that a shot. It could be both. Maurice Jones, Drew, and Fred Taylor, didn't they both at least? I think they both scored four touchdowns in a game one time. Read the list off again, Andy. A, Maurice Jones, Drew, B, Natron Means, C, James Stewart, or D, Fred Taylor. I'm trying to recall James Stewart. He may have done or outdid that. Remember, if it's James Stewart, it's uh, Wonderful Life. So every time a bell rings, an angel gets its wings. I'm just going to go out. God, I want to say Maurice Jones-Drew, but James Stewart just rings a bell for some reason. I'm, I'm going to go James Stewart as my answer. Ring that bell. He did score five touchdowns in a game <laughs> in 1997. That is the correct answer. Ding, ding, yeah, ding, I ding, was ding. I didn't know what year it was. I was thinking it was somewhere in the late 90s, but I just trying to remember against two. I mean, but I do remember that name and the game offhand off the top of my head because just remembered he had a good season that year with Jacksonville. 
Yeah, he had a number of uh, decent seasons with them. He was a good, solid, steady player. The actual game that uh, you're thinking about took place in uh, 1997. It was against the Philadelphia Eagles in a okay. 38-21 Jacksonville victory. So that that's when it happened. So it was in the third year of the franchise's history. So he scored all of their touchdowns in that one game. That's amazing. Question number six, the final question. All right, well, a player who was a bit of a nemesis to the Texans during his time in Jacksonville, including on one memorable Hail Mary play in 2010, was, of course, David Garrard. And how many seasons did David Garrard play for the Jaguars? Was it A, 8, B, 9, C, 10, or D, 11? It's a lot. That's a lot of seasons, no matter what, that he was around. It just seems like he hung around. He was Jack Del Rio's guy. It seemed like Jack Del Rio had a big love affair with David Garrard. And he was okay a couple of those years, I I think, Adam. I'll say nine. I will go uh, even on this and kind of go middle of the road and say 10 is my answer. Well, you really didn't make a dent in the lead, Robert, but you do go out uh, with the correct answer on this one. It was indeed nine seasons. Well, at least I got a lot of them right this week. That's that's progress. Uh, so what what years was he there, Andy? Uh, I'm trying to remember uh, when he started. It was probably like early 2000s, like 02, 03, something like that. 2002. Yeah, nine years. So he took them all the way up to 2011. It's right about the time the Texans finally started winning division titles, their their big year where they, they started doing that. I remember he was still with them at that point. It would, would it be his ninth year. He was the last quarterback to take the Jaguars to the playoffs, at least until this year, because it certainly looks like Blake Bortles will. What do you remember about Gerard, Andy? What can you remember about his career? And he was just kind of one of those guys that was hanging on. He, he's better than the Blaine Gabberts and the Blake Bortles, but, you know, n- nothing special. Yeah, I mean, he, he was, I mean, generally decent, never great. Certainly, if he was to play nowadays, you could certainly pick out teams he would be a better option for than some of the folks they have now. I mean, I guess his best season was 2007 uh, when he led them to the playoffs and and a wild card victory over the Steelers. I mean, Texans fans I mentioned will always remember that Hail Mary pass to Mike Thomas in 2010. Let me ask you uh, about the current version of the Jacksonville Jaguars, Andy. We've seen over the last couple of weeks, and we talked about this on our Behind Enemy Line show with the Locked On Jaguars host, Blake is playing better. The last two weeks, he's had some really good QBRs. He's had two touchdowns and zero interceptions both of those weeks. Uh, When you look at the AFC, Andy, and you look at the landscape out there, and you've got the Patriots obviously have got Brady, but if you go through the rest of the AFC, Uh, There's not anybody that I would put Jacksonville up against that I would say, oh, Jacksonville's got no shot because they've got uh, this huge lead in quarterback and they, you know, offensively they could overwhelm Jacksonville. Jacksonville's got a defense that should be able to, you know, they should be able to play with anybody easily. Do Do you think Jacksonville has a shot to come out of the AFC when you consider that, you know, you've got Brady in front of you? Well, outside of the Steelers and Patriots, I mean, I think Jacksonville is probably the best situated of all of the AFC teams, especially if Bortles keeps playing like he has been because 
there there were games earlier this year he was a train wreck and, and lately he's been decent enough to where uh you know they can win games with him especially with the defense playing the way they're playing they've gotten some good contributions from the younger wide receivers such as Westbrook and Cole and of course Leonard Fournette is a beast in the backfield so this is a this is a team that's going to be a tough out for anybody in the playoffs. And they're not going to be intimidated because they like with somebody like Pittsburgh because they thumped Pittsburgh earlier this year. Yeah, they picked off Roethlisberger five times. And beating a team like Seattle does a lot for your confidence. You can say that they kind of made a statement game earlier this year with that Steelers game, but I mean that was earlier in the season. The Steelers weren't quite as hot as they are now, and they weren't quite in the offensive rhythm that they're in now. Beating Seattle, uh, I mean, the way Russell Wilson's been playing, yes, their defense has had some injury issues, but it's still a statement victory, and I think there's a lot of momentum right now with the Jaguars. I'm with you right there, Andy, and the fact that just that their defensive line, just their you know core and their backbone, because – Elias Campbell is having a, a just an unbelievable year. I, I wouldn't be surprised. He should be in consideration for defensive player of the year. He probably won't get it, but I just think that he's the anchor of that defensive line. I remember in that first game of the year when they played the Texans, they had 10 sacks, and Elias Campbell had four of them. It shows you what kind of havoc he can do. Plus, with their secondary, A.J. Boye has had a great year. Uh, and I just think that if they can manage their offense wisely and just, you know, continue to get four or five yards of pop with Fournette, and then maybe, you know, Bortles doesn't make any fatal flaws and kind of manages that offense effectively, I'd see them maybe possibly eking into the AFC Championship game if they, you know, have some continuity. Hey, Adam, we talk about my bookie as our sponsor. Well, the Texans 11-point underdogs this week, and uh, what do you think against the Jags? Can they... Keep this game close with TJ Yates and Alfred Blue is going to be back for this game. Uh, Julio and Davenport, if that means anything to you, he he's going to be playing according to Bill O'Brien's Wednesday uh, press conference. So he said Davenport will, will be available and ready. I don't know if they play him for Giacomini, if he uh, maybe plays left tackle and they move Jeff Allen back to right guard. But uh, the Texans got, got a couple of their weapons back or, couple of at least decent players back into the lineup can can they keep this game close honestly robert i'm shaking my head when you say that because it's just when i saw when we saw their game sunday against san francisco i just did not see any kind of continuity uh, in the offense and so i don't get me wrong tj yates made some great strong throws but he just i don't believe um uh, bill o'brien is really comfortable with him in the pocket, throwing downfield and, you know, getting a good chunk of yardage. And unless he's just going to continue. And I hope that he does, you know, target uh, D-Hop or DeAndre Hopkins uh, when he plays this week. And he can at least get about a good five or six catches for some good, at least significant amount of yards, at least 75, and at least score one or two touchdowns. But that's the only way they're going to be able to do anything is to throw downfield to DeAndre Hopkins. But the way that Jacksonville's playing defensively, I wouldn't be surprised if they don't score more than 10 points. So I see Jacksonville winning this game probably by a score of like uh, 24 to 10. Well, that'll get ever all the Texans fans all excited. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I have to be honest, man. I have to be honest. Yeah, I know. I know. Uh, well, 
the one thing about the Texans is they just they don't give up. They're going to give you everything they've got, and and OB doesn't get blown out a ton. Obviously, they got blown out that first Jacksonville game, but that that I think had a lot to do with uh, Savage being kind of unprepared for everything. And they, I don't know, the, the Texans just didn't seem like they were as prepared as they usually are in that game, which is disappointing. But uh, we'll see. Well, guys, thanks so much for doing this. Uh, it's always a blast. Great questions, Andy. If you're a new listener, just want to remind everybody, pass the word along to a friend or two. Let them know they can find us on iTunes and all your regular podcast apps. Don't forget, after the game on Sunday, we'll have the post-game show, as always. So tune in for that. We'll talk about what happened in the game with my co-host, Brian Patterson. Should be a lot of fun. Hopefully, the Texans can make it interesting and keep this one close. Have a great weekend, everybody. We'll talk to you again real soon. You are Locked On Texans, your daily Houston Texans podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Yeah.